for listening to the Folk Podcast. If you would like to become more involved with the Wisdom of Odin community, please think about donating to Patreon. At the lowest tier, you gain access to our community Discord. Uh, the next tier, you gain access to live streams. And of course, at the final tier, you gain early access videos, as well as your name in the end credits for all Wisdom of Odin videos. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for whatever support you're able to provide. Long ago, on an island far, far away, we met with Eric, a fingerless glove-wearing sather practitioner of moderate beard length. He then decided to travel the east coast of the United States, not to be made fun of the west coast of the United States because he didn't make it that far. Instead, he mostly went to Kentucky a lot to hang out with me and other friends. But now his journeys have led him back home for episode 30 of the Folk Podcast. So Eric, welcome back to the show. It is good to be back. It's good to be hitting record as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. We're very professional here. 30. Yeah, there's, there was just so much to go off of because it, it it's really is crazy, honestly. Um, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, um, Eric emailed us long ago at the very, like near the beginning of us creating the Folk Podcast and asked to be on it. And um, we brought him on. He was actually, you're actually the first guest we ever brought on that we did not know. Like we had absolutely no idea who you were. And we just like, basically just like, okay, we'll bring this guy on. Um, is anyone else getting weird feedback? I feel like I'm getting some weird, maybe it's just my headset. No, I'm not getting anything. Okay. Nice and clear. Um, but yeah, so you were the first guest we brought on as a complete random stranger. Um, and since then, you've basically become a, a big member of our community. I've seen you three times since then across from Kentucky Yule to the North Carolina gathering and then our, our little gathering we just had. Um, so it's, it's been crazy to watch, you know, how it went from this cold email that we responded to, to now, you know, we just saw you a few weeks ago and now your beard is really long. And so I don't know, how's it been for you? Like, how's, the, how's your perspective of this been? Uh, it's it's been interesting to say the least. I mean, you get you know what do we have? We had like fifty six people in Kentucky, of which I knew, I knew you and Caleb just because of our our chat on the last podcast I was on. So it was like, you know, strolling up to a group of fifty or unknowns, and like it's it's been a blast. I'm still talking to a lot of them. Uh, some of them were in North Carolina. You showed up out of nowhere. I didn't know you were going to be in North Carolina, so that was that was pretty cool uh and then you know i've just i just i've just been traveling anywhere i can you know i'll camp out a bunch you know i'm just living the life living the life of a heathen a nomad heathen and it's it's kind of funny that this because i uh i've been thinking about it for a while i was like i listened to the podcast a couple weeks ago i started listening to it and i was like this is trash what am i talking about i have no idea what i'm talking about so one of the reasons we actually wanted to bring him back on the show is because a lot of us have been dealing a lot more with magic or at least some form. And I guess maybe should we define what magic is? Like what do, what do you guys define as magic? I honestly, the more I read about it and just experience my, like what I'm experiencing myself, like the more I realize, I don't think you really can define magic. It's sort of like it's, it's perception based as is everything that we do pretty much but i just i don't think there's a clear definition of magic it's there's just so many you're going to get seven and a half billion different answers if you ask everyone in the world yeah i I, just i i can definitely get behind that because yeah like even though like you and i eric kind of practice along the same lines as far as like say the related stuff goes each of us i mean even when we talked about it on episode 11 way back when you know both of us had very different experiences 
even walking down that same tree of magic, basically. Um, So yeah, I I think it's one of those things where it's it's almost impossible to really give a defined solid answer or like a title to like, what is magic? I mean, most people say it is the things that science can't explain. I mean, that's generally the most generic answer that I've heard when asking people or when people talk about it. And it's a good answer. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it leaves a lot of opening interpretation. It is what science can't explain. And, you know, as science progresses, we learn more and more. And some of these things that we thought were magic are, are not magic. They're very natural parts of the world. You know, like fire. Fire was magic. I mean, shoot, I was kind of talking about it. I think it was my uh, Throne of Odin video, um, how like, you know, back in the day, something like the Throne of Odin, you know, was seen as a magical concept. It was something that you could sit on. Odin could see all across the realm, see everything that was happening, observe people, um, you know, and, you know, really just, you know, take in all the world at once. And now here we are with these things in our pockets, these little black squares, which essentially do the same thing. At any given time, we can talk to anyone around the world. We can see what's happening anywhere around the world. And now we as humans have that power in, in our pocket. And so it's like, yes, it's technology. Yes, we understand it. Yes, it came from you know Apple or Google. But at the end of the day, it's this weird like technology overtakes magic in the sense that it, it fulfills things that at one time would have been a dream. Um, but yet there's still many things out there that we cannot explain. And even, you know, phones themselves have filled a weird spot in the magic category where it's like they are so all consuming that I feel like at least I personally feel like they have like become their own form of like magic in this really bizarre way. Well, and I've even read like very briefly, I read someone talking about uh, like there's a, an entirely new practice of witchcraft, if you will, where it's it's electronic based. Like, you know, you're sent, these electronics are all sending out signals. And I guess the idea behind this magic is that, you know, you're, you're using that, that signal to, to, I guess, throw your intentions out into the world. It's, I, I, it didn't really interest me because technology is not something that I really care about all that much. Even though I have one of these black squares in my pocket that has more computing power than NASA had back in the sixties. Like I, like it's, it was just so weird to read that in this modern world, that's a new brand of magic is electronic based. Well, I mean, you know, I actually didn't hit on my my definition personally of what I think magic is. To me, the understanding of magic is that the two-way road of knowing that, uh, acknowledging the existence of energies that we cannot perceive. And then I believe magic is really when we start interacting with those energies in some form or some way, whether it is trying to disconnect with them or it's actually trying to control them in some degree. I mean, and quite frankly, you know, you put some different kinds of sensors around our smartphones, they're putting off something. These all put off some form of radiation. They're obviously getting some form of Wi-Fi, which is an invisible force. They're obviously getting LTE, cell phone reception, all that stuff. So there are invisible forces around this. So like, as much as like, technology-based witchcraft does not sound like something I'd be into. I mean, it, it, in my definition of what magic is, it fits. Yeah, honestly, I was sitting here trying to like put words to mind as far as like what the definition would be. And it's pretty much what yours is, Jacob. And I'm really new to understanding like magic and stuff. Like, honestly, I didn't have any real concept or idea of like what it really was until after I met you, Eric, because I had a bunch of like stuff with energy work start happening right after uh, Yule. I actually like felt that for the first time and like, felt it move up my limbs and everything. It was weird. Uh, so I've been going down that path ever since. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been, I've been experimenting with a million and one different things. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll read up on something and then I'll just, I'll just give it a try. Um, a lot of stuff just, I don't feel, but the things that I do feel are just like, 
once once you find the way to get to that feeling you can just increase that magic that what you feel inside you know it's it's been a really long hard road for me and i've spent a lot of time meditating and trying to like when i was camped out before the north carolina you were like i was alone for like two weeks like you just you just stumble on things more or less um and i think that's that's not really the best way to do it is stumbling into it just like reading a little bit of something and then just going oh, i'm gonna do this but you gotta you gotta start somewhere in everything that you do so uh for me what works best is just head first like throw everything i got into it and if it works it works if it doesn't i don't ever touch it again so real quick um i do want to bring up just since this is a norse pagan podcast you know bringing in magic to the norse pagan context um you know that we do not know too much about norse pagan magic or northern spiritualities or you know northern magic in general um it's definitely this very you know many there are a lot of different perspectives on it um and there's not a lot of concrete sources like we do not have a poetic edda that says here is a 10-step guide to magic and how to be a magician like no that doesn't exist and so it's something that people have carried on with them and have taught other people um have written books about it and have gotten it to where we are now and so it's nothing we can say definitively is real and there are many people in the heathen mostly the heathen osetru community people that generally call themselves heathen or osetru um exclusively tend to stay away from magic or at least not refer to it in that way um and there's nothing i mean i can't say there's anything necessarily wrong with it i do find that you know it has brought a lot of depth to my personal ritual practice um but you know i do want to just at least acknowledge that i realize that there are people out there in the heathen and not and norse pagan community that don't recognize magic as being part of their practice and that's and that honestly is perfectly fine i don't i think if you if something doesn't resonate well with you why would you want to work that into your spiritual or your religious self um it just you know if it doesn't vibe vibe with what you're feeling it's never gonna feel real to you and that's like you know for some of us it just really resonates like for me i like i don't know how or why it happened just one day it just started clicking and i will never First off, I wasn't really ever a person that was into spirituality or religion more than just reading up on it. But once I did find that that bit of magic, that little spark, like it just it just it made sense to me. But I can totally understand how some people, whether it's a, a superstitious thing or you know, that's just not part of their spirituality, I can totally understand them not not even acknowledging it. That's um, you know, it's all per- everything is perception based. You're gonna probably hear me say that a perception is reality so your individual perception of something is your individual reality and you know who am i to tell you oh do you need to listen to me this magic is real no it's not i'm real and the magic is real to me but i I, like i have nothing to do with with your life and your spirituality it's also good to those people even stronger when you're like they don't feel how can they not feel this it gives you that like boost that you need to like i like i want to throw this energy out towards them like i found that meeting people who don't believe in it is actually really good but then again i am a weirdo as you know i saw you grabbing some books you got something to add i feel like you're, you're i feel like you're ready to drop some bombshells oh yeah no like it, it's it's something yeah like i no. <laughs> yeah so i mean um yeah i i mean jacob you've talked about it a bit you know, you, you're kind of doing a little bit more with the shamanistic stuff. And I've been, I as well, have kind of been doing the same a little, a lot more intensely. Um, you know, I mean, in the last time that we had Eric on, you know, mainly prim- primarily focused around say their stuff. And I've also been kind of exploring a little bit different things as well, not necessarily just that. But I mean, one book that I recently came across, um, you know, and a few people, other people have 
started, uh, you know, really getting into it as well is uh, Northern Mysteries and Magic by Freya Oswin. And honestly, like this is, you know, like you were saying earlier, there's not a whole lot as far as necessarily Northern mysticism or magic specifically that we have anything on. But I mean, having gone through this, I mean, I'm only a little bit into it um, as of right now, but I mean, just the stuff that I've read so far is, it really does kind of get your mind thinking. And one thing that I really appreciate about her as an author is that in the very beginning of like the introduction and even going into certain things that she starts to talk about as far as magics and stuff like that goes, is kind of like what Eric just said. It is very much perception based. So she will say, you know, um, oh, let's see, there was a there's a part where she talks about shamanism and and the different shamanic practices that each individual will follow, whether it's how you know you do drum work to get into a trance or using certain different things to get yourself in a trance-like state. It's all up to that individual and it'll be very different from person to person. Like there will be similarities, but you know, she very much um puts that out there of like, like Eric was saying, you know, it's my reality and what I believe, you know, like uh, my perception of things is my own personal reality where it's yours could be completely different. And it's just something that I appreciate, you know, when authors do something like that, because we don't know, you know, there is no defined real answer um, for a lot of these things. And I mean, it's just, it's been a very good read so far. It's one of my favorite books. It's one that I actually um, I actually continue to go back to like I love highlighting books and I've got little page markers on there that one's filled with them um, and it's not and I'm not going word for word on everything she says but a lot of it does resonate for me and you know as far as what we do know about Sather or you know northern shamanism like we don't really know we know that like I'm supposed to wear like a like a gloves made out of cat fur and all this like we don't know anything about the rituals themselves. However, we do have, you know, knowledge of other world cultures that practice shamanism. And that's where I get a lot of my, a lot of my, like not ritual, but a lot of my practice stuff that I do at home. Like um, my meditation increased because I was reading books on Buddhism. My, my trance work got, got better because I read how, you know, I was reading up on different positions to sit in. Like it was, you know, I've learned more about what I do by looking at every single other culture and finding those similarities. Jacob, the 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 labyrinth, you know, that you that you had set up in North Carolina, that that symbol has been all over the place in my studies. Like it's worldwide. It, there's subtle variations, but I mean, you're talking Kundalini yoga uh, uses the same signal. It's it's uh, an energy like a feminine energy, like a birthing energy, I believe that. Um, rests at the base of the spine and it folds over on itself three and a half times that makes those seven you know the seven you know half circles or whatever they're called in that labyrinth like I've learned so much about that from like sources in India it's it's amazing what you can learn about northern shamanism or whatever just by seeing everyone else is doing um like I, I I told you I thought that it was some sort of like you know it was an energy booster or a signal focuser when I was you know, hanging out and did some meditation in it. I still fully believe that. And I think that's why you find all these similar practices around the world is because shamans were able to communicate on in some way using things like this. 
Yeah, I think it's, you know, that's that two part as well. And that it's like they, they did it, you know, possibly because they were able to somehow connect through a different realm and different world. But also, I think they did it because it worked. You know, the reason that people use labyrinths and, you know, mazes and build these, you know, spirals and designs is because it does something. You know, the world as a monotheistic, I mean, I don't even want to say as monotheistic, but as a less magic centered world as we moved away from the pagan religions um, and focus a lot less on magic, you know, I, it's interesting because that's not been a long time. There was a multitude of thousands of years where magic was very prevalent in society. And so they had a long, like many generations of people that figured out what works and what didn't work. And so it's really interesting to see what survived that progress, uh, that process and still what we are using today as modern practitioners of the pagan faith. It blows my mind sometimes to think that things have survived that long. I mean, you're talking before things started before written record things when people were still putting, you know, putting a, moose on a cave wall like there are still practices that you can look look at and say wow they've been doing this for however long like the sami culture up in uh northern scandinavia like can you imagine like if we sat down with some of their elders and they were just telling us things that they're they've been doing since time out of mind like i'm sure there's things that we would probably it would, it would blow our mind that are things that are still working that they're like oh we figured this out 1500 years ago and we've been doing it ever since like it just it, that amazes me yeah, I think I think one thing that, you know, once you kind of start diving into, you know, a deeper practice with like magics and just that, that idea and that concept is you do definitely start to focus on other cultural uh, aspects and stuff, because there are a lot of similarities between a lot of these things. And it, it helps broaden your your overall um, knowledge of things. So then you can look at stuff of like what you were saying, or like, you know, the, the mazes you found were, in, you know, in India and stuff like that you there's so many different similarities and they might have that a potentially like that missing piece of like okay we may not understand it from like a, a northern magic or mysticism uh concept or viewpoint but then there's another culture you know like in india or like with buddhism or hinduism or the, the sami people you know things like that like that you can take from and it might actually answer a question that you may have had looking at something else and that's how i'm i'm doing everything that i'm doing everything i can in my power to to learn from everyone else. I mean, you know, I, as much as I was super excited to say, oh, I work with Sather. Now I don't really say that as much because not only because we don't really understand what it is, but because it just, I like, I can't say that I'm focusing strictly on that. Um, I, I've, I've broadened my horizons tenfold since last we talked. And uh, I realized that trying to focus on that one thing was doing more harm it was good like you know i i still study the runes i've given up the way that i was studying because i kept realizing no this isn't this isn't right it's it's not happening the way i want it to so i kind of did stop that and i've actually learned more since i stopped trying to learn just by experiencing you know the world around me and trying to trying to learn it that way um magic is is all about experience um you can read all you want but until you start actually doing something you're not really you, you know, you're, you're just reading, you might as well be reading Tolkien, which is awesome. But that's like, you got to go out and, and do some stuff. You got to try it. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, you know, I, I there's definitely a stigma even in the, you know, the pagan communities about magic. But as long as you're not messing with some really weird, funky, powerful stuff, the worst thing that can happen to you is it doesn't work the best thing that can happen to you is it does work. And so you're going to yeah. find what does and doesn't work for you. And, you know, and sometimes it might be, well, maybe I didn't do it right. Maybe I wasn't sitting right, you know, and you'll, you'll go through those things, but next time, try it that way then, 
you know, don't give up after the first try, you know, especially when, if you're working with, uh, you know, a deity of any kind and, you know, you have to invoke them in whatever you're doing. Maybe they just didn't listen that time. Maybe, you know, they, you weren't really connecting or maybe your headspace wasn't the right spot. You know, I've done things before where I know I beat myself up over it, where I'll do something for like Odin. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I didn't feel his presence there. You know, I, I messed up. And it's like, no, it's just like, try it again. Don't give up after just one try. Yeah, there's there's things that you're gonna try you're gonna try a million times before you perfect them or even find a little something that works. Um, last time I was on, I was saying I you know I'd never really had an experience with Thor. I still haven't, and I've been to like essentially three gatherings where there's a you know there are Thor worshippers, and it's not that I haven't felt him. He's just he just hasn't reached out to me still, and uh, I, now I'm actively trying to build that relationship. So I'm trying a million different things. Um, I'll get to it eventually. I'm I'm not even worried about it. Um, I think it's I think it's one of those things that I have to figure it out on my own. I, I can't just read how someone else did it. It's one of those things that I know I have to do on my own. Um, that's going to make it even sweeter. You know, it's like yeah, you can. It's like when you make something, it could look like crap, but you made it, so you're really proud of it. Like I want to I want to build that relationship, and I want to get there on my own. And I want to practice this, that, and the other to it. That's gonna. I think that'll give the relationship a lot more, not validity, but it'll just it'll just start out much stronger. Well, and make it um, more personal too. Than if I just if I just yeah yeah, and that's 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 exactly what this this spirituality is. It's a very personal. So, have any of y'all sort of uh, looked into uh, any of like the native practices or like the Native American shamanism stuff? I know that since uh, really since like the beginning of this year, I've been pushed, I've been pointed and pushed towards that way because I've we've had Keenan and Kyle now and everything else. My wife's been point is uh, being led towards like her Native American heritage and everything like that. So I'm starting to look into that to try to help her. I'm curious you if know, y'all have looked at. Well, it's interesting. So like. I mean, I feel like many Americans can say I'm one sixteenth Native American or something like that. So it, it's really hard to have this conversation with you know, because you never want to say like I'm practicing Native American spirituality because I am one sixteenth Cherokee. It's like you know, I've been to a Native American Heritage Festival before, and ninety percent of the people there, I'm like. I'm not convinced you actually have any Native American ancestry in you. Uh, but at the same time, it is curious how many Native American people like pretty well you know for uh, what's the best way to say um pretty well established native american you know community members we have within our own community i mean casey is like 50 percent choctaw i know zach is like 50 percent choctaw as well i can't remember what which native american tribe he is from he was blackfoot but i don't blackfoot know sure. that that sounds for me and then we had we interviewed kai on the show um who was lakota um and then we have keenan as well who is cherokee and then we had um kyle which i don't even know what he what was kyle um seneca Spinnaka, I, I don't I mean, you know that was a tribe. And so it's like we are Norse paganism is attracting people of Native American descent and people who are interested in Native American spirituality. And so it's interesting that we're seeing all these synchronicities among them. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, you know, if if I end up like looking more into Native American spirituality, I feel like I need to earn that in a way. Like I actually need to make the effort to go to, you know, find someone that actually still practices the religion, um, actually practices shamanism and ask one for their permission, because I feel like that is necessary. Um, but that's again, me personally. Um, but also I really am interested in, I, I personally am, am really 
curious to see how many synchronicities we actually have because almost everyone I've talked to that has had contact with the actual tribes and reservations, they have some very interesting stories of giants and even potentially runes. Um, and so there's definitely connections there I really want to explore. That's what I think that's what I'm going to focus on a little more next next winter when I get to be a nomad again. I'm coming down to the end of my time on being able to travel because I have to enter the real world soon. Um, but I think next, I, I thought about it a little bit this winter and I didn't want to rush it. It is one of those things like I would like to sort of be invited, not necessarily like, oh, here's your reservation. Come to come meet us here at eight o'clock. No, I want I'd like I'd like to find someone who wants to to share their you know, the Native American spirituality with me. I don't want to read about it in a book. I would love to actually experience it. And I think the reason that we, you know, we need to sort of tiptoe around it is because it is in our very recent history that we, you know, we did terrible things to them. And that's also one of the reasons why I think we are so interested in it. Um, not only because of the similarities that we might find, but because we can we can, you know, we see what we, what these people are still doing. We they've preserved what they can. We are interested in that. Um, it's you know, I, I I don't think any any Native American tribe is going to say, oh, all right, you guys understand. It. I don't think there's ever going to be a time when when any any Native American tribe is ever going to welcome anyone in because it is in our recent history that we did terrible things to them. But I, I do think they're going to start to recognize that some folks are, are genuinely interested in the historical aspect of it and the spiritual aspect of it. And I think it's, I think it's more important that rather than just reading a book about it, I think it's more, very important that we do respect their culture enough to let them share with us instead of us just, just sort of barging into it. Um, lately, I've been very, very conscious of my actions and how they affect others. And that's one of the reasons why I've been very hesitant to just dive into that. Um, you know, I don't know my heritage. I could be one of those people that can claim, oh, I'm 116th, this, that, or the other, but that's not important to me. And I think people put a lot of, uh, they put a lot of focus on that. And it sort of, I don't want to say ruins it for others, but it's like, yeah, you're 116th. Cool. I don't go around waving an Irish flag because I'm 116th Irish. I don't think I, anyone should really be waving a Native American flag unless, number one, they are actually Native American. Number two, they are practicing this, their spirituality as a Native American. And number three, like they're like someone says, yeah, they're not necessarily a spokesperson, but yeah, they're a good source to go to. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the, the best thing we can say about it is it's a complicated situation and we are trying to do our best because it's like, one side of it, you know, I feel like building that connection and building that bridge between Norse paganism and Native American spirituality is so important because of the synchronicities, but also because, you know, at the end of the day, Norse paganism as it was in Scandinavia, you know, the old ways, whatever you want to call it, was lost. Like, yes, people went underground. Yes, they continue to practice in secret. But, you know, we, you know, we as people that practice this faith and look to these deities have have lost our culture and are trying to get it back. And so the Native Americans, they still have some of it. They have more than we did. And at least they have something, they're the most recent example of, you know, uh, of people that have lost their culture. And so one, I hope that we can help them preserve it, but two, maybe we can learn something from them at the same time. And I have, I have this crazy theory that maybe some of you have heard, maybe the Vikings made it all the way to North America. That might be another reason why we see a lot of similarities. I have no idea if that's true or not. I'm not a historian. I'm not a geologist. I don't like, I don't have some secret record that someone wrote down ago that my family has kept secret for years. No, like 
But in my gut, I have this feeling that the reason there are so many similarities is because we, I say we, Norse pagans came over to America. And one of the things you have to realize about the Vikings is they didn't just conquer. They wanted to assimilate. They wanted to find cultures and they wanted to work themselves into it and work those cultures into theirs. You read about the great migration, the Vandals weren't. They actually added two uh, mosaics in North Africa when they inhabited that land after they took it from, from the Romans. They didn't destroy it. They added on to it. I think that if there was a boat that sailed all the way to like New England or whatever, where I'm at, like, yeah, I think they probably saw saw some things, got back on the boat, went home and were like, guys, this is working for those people over there. Let's try this out. I think there's a lot of similarity. You know, I, I'm not telling anyone that, oh, you need to come, come at me with the information that I'm wrong so I can know that I'm wrong. I'm just like, that's just how I feel about it. And I got a lot of crazy opinions. Ask me some weird questions one day. I do want to steer it back a little bit towards magic here. Um, and not that this hasn't been a good conversation, um, but I feel like this is a good segue because we talked about how even like the Viking ancestors were really big into assimilation and things like that. Uh, but I also have to think, you know, we have to think about the evolution. You know, it didn't just start in Scandinavia. Um, you know, a lot of the roots of the faith and of the magics and the things we practice come from you know, Germany and then eventually spread to Scandinavia as well as the Anglo-Saxons and the Celts. Um, and so that's something that I've been looking into more is the Celtic side of things. Um, way back when I first got into this, uh, this faith and this research, um, I read Myths and Symbols in Pagan Europe. And basically the idea of the book, it's written by H.R. Ellis Davison, I think in the 1950s. Um, and basically it looks at the, the missing pieces we have in Scandinavian religion and fills them in with Germanic and Celtic beliefs because they're so similar. Um, and so that's always been in the background of my mind of my history research. And now with my spirituality research, I'm finding that what I'm lacking in the Norse concept of, you know, shamanism or even something like Druidry, I can find in the Celtic. I mean, and that, that kind of goes back to like what I was saying earlier, where, you know, and like what Eric was saying, like there's certain things that you can pick from other cultures that may, like they may have the answer that you're potentially looking for or a better direction to kind of guide you in some of those missing pieces. And looking at stuff like old, you know, Germanic uh, mysticism and magic and Celtic Dendruity um, magics and practices, is there like you were saying there's such a close area you know around each other that they, yeah there definitely was some sort of assimilation or or you know ideas i i'm they had to have been exchanged and compared and people you know saying okay this is this has worked for us this has worked for you you know this hasn't worked for us but this worked for you and it you know it's the same idea and so like i i feel like what a lot of people end up getting themselves into is uh, you know that single mind track kind of like what you were saying eric of like not staying so heavily focused on one thing, but like broadening your horizons and, you know, taking those blinders off and, and looking at surrounding areas and even areas farther out that have those similarities. I feel like looking at Celtic paganism and Druidry, Druidry and, and old Germanic magics and stuff like that are, are really good starting points because they are so close and so similar. Yeah. I, you know, I, as, and <laughs> when I say, you know, when you say open up the blinders, that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, and that's really, we should all be doing that with everything that we do, not just not just with the Norse paganism, um, but I think it all, it's all, I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. We'll just start that part over. Um, hang on. 
<laughs> I can, I, I think I can recover you here. So um, just what you just said, um, I, the book I'm reading right now pretty intently is The Misfilled Path, um, Celtic Wisdom for Exiles, Wanderers, and Seekers. Um, so it kind of disguises itself as like a self-help book, but it really is about Celtic shamanism. And I'm totally, like this book is just wonderful. Um, but a line that I've been meaning to read in this episode is, the numbered days of our lives are a precious commodity. Where and how we choose to invest our energy and time is of great importance to the soul. Where we choose to place our awareness matters. Um, and this book is really heavy on that. It's just like, you know, you can go your whole life, life being asleep and not seeing everything around you. Um, or you can spend your whole life, you know, fixated on one thing. But, you know, just like with Odin, just like with wandering, just like what Eric did for the last few months is, I think it means so much, it can help so much when you actually open your eyes to other concepts. Um, I mean, just like I said it recently, in a, you know, in a video is Odin wandered for a reason and it was to gather knowledge everywhere. Um, you know, why close yourself off to it? And I, you know, if you're, if you believe solely that the Norse pantheon is the one and only, and they were the originators, like Odin was a wanderer. Maybe that's why there's so many similarities because Odin went to all these other countries and all these other, you know, cultures and just sort of rubbed off a little bit on them. Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, like, even with my, like, short little two-week wandering, I mean, I wish, I wish I could do something for months at a time, you know, and just that alone, yeah, like, it, like, what you were saying earlier, Eric, was like, you can read as much as you want, but at the end of the day, you're just reading it unless you are actually experiencing it. And within, you know, the, the two weeks that I was, you know, wandering around basically the same area, I mean, you know, I spent some time with you, Eric, in, in West Virginia, um, you know, it, it, the level of experience that I had has greatly affected my practice as far as certain directions that I want to go down and things that I'm now like, you know, uh, my book, my library has increased by another like six or seven books, you know, because now, yeah, I, you know, it's just one of those things that now that I've experienced them, I need answers that these books could potentially have for me. And, and it's, it's an, a never ending, uh, what's like a good way of looking at it? Like a never ending, just never ending story. Well, I mean, <laughs> back on the movie book. Yeah, word. Uh, it's just like a never-ending, right? It's a never-ending yeah, sort of like experience, like it, it's a never-ending learning experience. That's where we're going with it. Never-ending story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely. Just, I was just thinking on the uh, the stuff we were saying before with uh, like Odin wandering around. Like, I definitely think that that happened because I was recently looking into. Um, I think it was like in the the southwest like some of their stuff and i can't remember the name of the of the deity they had for it um but the navajo the navajo have a uh, a wanderer old man type that is literally just wandering like his whole thing is he wanderer wanders around like a lunatic and that sounds like a pretty odin thing to do as far as wandering and the madness got to him in that in that point so sounds yeah. like an eric thing to do a it does kind of too lunatic. yeah it does sound like an eric so once, so once again, I, I do want to pull it back to, to magic a little bit here. Oh, I we, know. Did, we did do an entire episode on wandering already. <laughs> I'm sure people aren't here is telling us to wander around. Um, but I do want to hear a little bit about what you guys are working on um, spiritually and magically as far as your practice, like any rituals you're trying to do or anything you're trying to accomplish. That way you can give people that listen a frame of reference for what, you know, one, you know, people of varying skill levels and, and practice do and also different interests. So um Eric, you want to start off and tell us what you're kind of working on right now? Yeah, so uh, when Ian came to meet me in West Virginia, I was just hanging out in a cabin for a couple of weeks. Uh, he and then Planty Pagan came out because I was only a couple hours away from, from where they were. 
Um, and it dawned on me, she is a Loki follower and then Ian is a Hell follower. Um, I'm not wearing them right now, but I do love to wear my fangs. So I had this like aha moment of, of like, oh, I've never spoke to Fenrir really. Um, so I've been focusing a lot on that, that open me up to a lot of other lesser deities and you know the Jotun and all these others that I, I was like you know what why am I not speaking to them they're they're in the sagas they're in the stories they're just as powerful like I've been opening up to a lot of the lesser knowns and a lot of the not not bad or evil gods but you know I have sort of been embracing the other side of the coin you know Odin and Thor they all fight to save Midgard yeah but like if you believe that everything is a cycle you know that Ragnarok has to happen and so I'm not you know one of those like i'm bringing about the end of the world types but it's like i'm acknowledging the other side a lot more so i've been planning a ritual you know it might just be me i might try to get a couple people involved i might do it at a try to do it at a gathering but i'm gonna i've been developing a ritual to sort of honor those gods and goddesses um and and you know the giants and all that and while that might seem kind of weird to some people to me it does feel right in this moment um and that's what i've been focusing my energies on um I, in my in magic when i you know magic i tend to i don't know if it's like the the fold law of the wiccans fall or whatever but sort of the you know the do no that's how i like to do it i don't want ever want a negative energy out into the world so it's like no you can't you can't, you know, hail Fenrir, he's going to bite the moon or whatever. No, like, I'm not trying to, like, bring about evil. I'm just trying to acknowledge the entire circle of... And, and it, took Ian, it took Ian coming thousands of miles for me to figure that out. Oh, you know, I'm glad I could, I could help in some way from that the few days. And, and it's funny, because like you're saying, like, with that, you're looking at that end of it. And for me, I'm basically doing the opposite, where I have been focusing more on... Um, more of the the Fawnir and Landvatir and land spirits and you know some of the like the book that you referenced Jacob like a lot more with like I wanted to start exploring the Celtic Druid uh practices and a little bit more nature-based things because that's something that you know I've always had a, a some connection to but I never really felt like that that call to it so for me I've been focusing more on a lot more um I guess you would say like nature-based magic or Fawnir magic I mean say there kind of falls is falls under that but um you know, as far as rituals and stuff like that, it's going a lot more um, nature and land-based. Uh, I've kind of working on something, you know, it's convenient in Kentucky. We had a Freya experience, um, fair Freya ritual that Logan put on. And so it's stuff like that where I'm, I'm kind of working with them a little bit more to kind of work on my own rituals and, and experiences and stuff like that. So that's where I'm going. It's the complete opposite. I went from more of the chaotic deities and you know the the lesser knowns and you know the darker aspect of things and moving more towards the nice you know green nature based things so yeah I, it's funny like i'm doing basically the complete opposite of what you're doing right now no well, we're balancing not each other out but we're balancing ourselves out you know i spent so many years being a not a terrible person but just being an angry person and now most of my work is you know i, I deal with freya a lot she's very important to me um you know, she fills me with light and love. And that's, you know, I, I've been spending, that's how I've been focusing on for the last six, eight months or a year, however long. I don't even know what time it is anymore. But it just felt like a natural progression to, to start, you know, acknowledging the other side. And there's a, you know, there's a few like Instagram accounts where I've, you know, heard people are doing sort of the same thing or, or, or just 
you know, the fact that they are acknowledging it sort of gives me a little bit more like, okay, yeah, this isn't just some absolutely lunatic idea. This is something that people do and it's, it feels right. And like I said before, if it feels right, that's like, continue to do it. If it feels wrong, don't do it. Right now, all this, the chaos side of it feels, feels right. And I'm going to continue on until it doesn't. Baker, are you working on anything on the mystical side? I am. Um, so there is a couple in the community that lives close to me. I'm not going to say the names just because of uh, privacy and stuff like that. But um, they've been trying to have a baby for about a year or so. And ever since we did the um, that egg thing out in the woods with um, Logan, the uh, I can't remember what exactly he called the, the ritual before we buried that egg. Um, ever since there's been a lot of fertility stuff like coming to mind as far as like practices for this and I'll go out in the woods and I'll find all kinds of stuff that like pertains to that and is related to the Vanir. So I've been working on a, uh, trying to do a, a shamanic fertility ritual that involves a tattoo uh, to help them out. And it's coming along, I'm just waiting for them to tell me that they're ready to uh, continue on with it and go with it and then hopefully help them out. Yeah, that's freaking I- sweet. Um, so yeah, personally what I'm, uh, I'm up to, I've kind of mentioned it, uh, on the last episode and of course this one. Um, and again, I'm just like slowly preparing myself for, you know, putting a public video out there and discussing it. Um, because again, it is very hard to discuss things like shamanism and druidry just because it is so hard to, there's really no concrete information. Um, and so a lot of it is, you know, personal experiences that are recorded by others. And of course your own personal experiences. Um, but yes, I've been working with uh, shamanic practice. Um, and I guess since I've been looking more into the Celtic side, it seems to flirt with Druidry quite a bit. Um, and the way I perceive those two things is shamanism is interactions with the other worlds and the other, you know, the other realms um, and seeing what answers you can find there. Whereas, you know, with the Druidry, it's more about what can we learn from nature and the interconnectivity of everything. Um, it's very animistic based, I suppose. Um, but to me, the the two go hand in hand at the moment because I don't personally, I, I've, I have trouble, you know, practicing any form of shamanism or shamanic practices um, inside my house. I, I usually do it outside. And so the Druidry has really helped me, you know, I guess, just like in this, the, the Misfilled Path book, it talks about our hard gaze and how the modern world we live in teaches us to have, to have to have a hard gaze and that our eyes are no longer soft enough to observe the natural world and that it takes a while to actually like recenter your eyes and recenter yourself to be soft again and allow yourself to absorb nature. And so that's what it's been allowing me to, to actually connect to the other worlds and other realms is softening my gaze, is becoming more one with nature. Um, so I've been really using those two things to, you know, to dive deeper into, I guess, what you would call realm travel to see what exists on the other side. Um, so that's been really interesting. You know, like we talked about in the last episode, you know, I found my Philgia. Um, and I guess the next step from what I've learned is trying to find the world tree within the other realms. And so that's kind of what my mission is right now is to try to find Yggdrasil um, within within my own trance work. Um. <laughs> That one for for me, finding Yggdrasil is easy. It's the rest of, it's traveling through the other realms that has been giving me a problem, um, which is why I started looking at um, like different sitting or meditating positions. Um, I'm terrible with names. I really wish I knew this author's name. I'm not gonna run all the way out of where my library is to get the book, but there's a guy at the, I believe it's called the Kuyamanga Institute. It's up by you, um, Ian. I I think I briefly showed you the book and Caleb, I uh, showed you yeah, the underworld position. Um, I think that's, uh, I think that positions is actually 
has actually helped in a lot of different ways. So I'm hoping to start finding my way down to, you know, the underworld to, to, to Asgard. Like, you know, the tree is easy enough for me to find. I can go see the tree whenever I want, not bragging or anything, but everything else is super, super hard for me. And I think, um, you know, I, I, it's every answer that I'm looking for is out there. Um, so I'll, I'll make it to these realms and I'll, I'm, I'm interested, Caleb, in, uh, in that Sami underworld position. Um, cause I actually put, I actually put that one on hold. I found like a, one of the Mayan positions that's been helping me out a lot. Um, but I'm interested to hear your stories on that. Um, next time we actually meet, uh, in person again, uh, because I, I, I sent not that one, but another position to a friend who was not Norse pagan, but he's into meditating. And he said, it was just absolutely amazing. He was like, dude, it was like, it was like you put me on a, one of those Japanese fast trains to get where I was trying to go. And that, that was really inspiring for me as hearing that it was helping. I'm looking forward to trying it out. It's just with a, with a, a two-year-old running around and everything like it, it's hard to find the time to. So I'm hoping I get some, I get a chance sometime this week before the gathering that I can uh, try it out. Yeah. It's interesting how like some people, um, you know, kind of looking at this as a as a as a whole, have there's certain there's certain abilities, or I guess you would say that they find easier to do. Like for me, example, like the realm traveling thing was honestly very easy for me to pick up. Was like I have not yet seen Yggdrasil in any of the in the realm traveling that I've I've done. It's more so very particular um, places um, where I've had certain almost like more of an emotional connection to certain places and had an understanding. Um, you know, and I think that's partially why I'm not moving more towards, um, I guess you would say the Vanir nature-based magic. I mean, again, like I said, say there is Vanir magic, but, um, where I'm trying to connect more with, with Midgard more so than the other worlds and other realms. So one thing I wanted to share, um, Eric, is I don't know if how much we've actually talked about it, um, but that experience we had at the North Carolina gathering with the fire and the ice meditation was quite wild. And I, I've heard a little bit of your side with the creation, um, and I don't know if how much I shared of my side of that story. I, oh, that was a, a, a pretty big moment. And for anyone that's seen me at any of the gatherings, you know that I let my emotions just fly out of me. And when I say emotions, I just mean tears i open myself up and i'm very vulnerable to everyone that's there but it's awesome um so the moment was in between an ice meditation and then just the bonfire that we had and i still do regret not grabbing you jacob when i realized what i was about to do but you just looked like you were in your own zone and i, I was like just just let him let him be you could eric you go be crazy over here but i did you know just in those that moment in between the, the ice meditation that was happening and the fire i got to experience in my mind's eye, the birth of Emir. I was that moment of creation. And, you know, I, I don't recall everyone's reaction around me because I was pretty insane at that moment with like this, this energy that I was just couldn't believe. Uh, but you know, magic can be very real in that moment. And I hope that others around me got to feel a little bit of that. Cause if, if they didn't, well, I feel pretty selfish about it because it was yeah, so my side of that, so essentially, like, I, I wasn't really going to do the ice meditation. I don't, I don't meditate well with, like, a lot of others nearby, and I don't really like guided meditations. Not that I don't say they don't work. I just don't personally enjoy them. Um, so I was just on the other fi- side of the fire doing my own meditation, and um, I was just staring into the fire, completely absorbed into it. And all I could see in my mind's eye was Othala. And that's all I was focused on. 
And then all of a sudden I felt someone sit across from me and I had a feeling it was you. And um, basically what happened in, in, my, in my vision, in my mind is that Othala began to shift and turn and create itself into an Ingwaz. And that's all I could see. And then I could feel the idea of like Ingwaz being the creation of, you know, two, the Niflheim and Muspelheim coming together in the center and that, you know, Othala being Ingwaz, you know, imprinted on itself twice. Um, and like, I had my own like, what the fuck moment and then learning of your experience and stuff like that. So it's like very interesting that I, I definitely feel like I was connected to what was happening on your side of things. And I could see it only from like, you know, the magical standpoint. Uh, you and I haven't talked anything about your side of, of, of this experience. I'm actually, I'm actually quite excited to hear that, that that's what's happening. It, it's so hard for me to explain things like this that people, so that people will understand because I'm really, I have a terrible grasp of the English language, but I like hearing that as soon as you said Otala appeared, I was like, oh my God, he's going to, it's going to shift into Ingwaz or something like that. It's going to like that, that original, like it's, I'm going to be silent for a minute while I process this new information that you've given me, Jacob, because <laughs> that's, that sort of opens, it sort of opens up a few of the ideas that I had about what happened and how dare you give me more homework yet again. <laughs> I am going to spend hours hours of my life looking up anything <laughs> oh that's great I, I i did i can't believe i didn't yeah i didn't mention that like i know i came into the house and i said like i kind of looked at you and we were just both like mm, yeah yep, something happened out there and i, I actually guess that was all that happened <laughs> i've <laughs> i just i'm at a loss for words right now um going back on baker were you about to say something yeah um, I didn't have anything exactly like y'all did during that ice meditation. The only the, the thing that came up for me was I actually saw like Horus for the first time, and it took me like the the next day to figure out like that's what I saw because I'm like, why the hell am I seeing these like colors of mist floating around in front of me when there there's no light in front of me? You know what the hell's going on with this? Um, figured that out, um, and then I just saw like I had a whole thing with like geometric symbols when we did that um, that opening ritual for the spiral out. Um, we had put did that clay on our on our faces. Um, people kept coming up to me and they're like, I see this on your face. I see that on your face. And it was all these different uh, geometric things. And then uh, during that, there was I saw those uh, those three diamonds that were kind of like the kind of like shaped kind of like a triangle. Um, and then that turned into like a big giant uh, geometric Idrisil. And then those symbols have just became more prevalent since then. Honestly, I'd have completely forgotten like uh, the opening ritual for, I, I feel like that entire weekend was mostly me building that spiral. Well, you and I building that spiral because it destroyed me both spiritually and physically uh, hauling all those. I mean, I can't believe we built that thing in like two hours. Like trees, man. Yeah, we were hauling whole ass trees. If you haven't already, um, we, we I did a video on it, like uh, what to do when we, we don't when we don't know. I believe, I think it's the title of the video. And I uh, like have a picture of the trees and the spiral we made. Um, but we, I ended up doing an opening ritual for it, which involved everyone that wanted to participate going through the woods on the way to where we built it. And, um, I ended up like telling the story of the spiral of like where it came from, like stories and things like that along the way. And it was actually a really nice ritual because one involved a lot of walking in nature. Um, but it was really a transitioning of worlds because you let, went into one field and then that field went into the, like these really beautiful pine forests and then came out the other side where the spiral was. So it was really like a transitioning of worlds. Um, 
so yeah, that was, it was a really powerful ritual. Um, even though it's like, to me, I was just so physically and spiritually drained. I don't know how much I actually felt, but like, it was a really cool ritual. It was. And I remember, uh, I had gone out a little bit before, uh, before you had gathered everyone. I went out there to just sort of feel the place out. And I remember, I remember like hearing the drums and knowing that you guys were getting close. So I started walking down the path to meet you guys. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, but I had the biggest smile on my face because I felt, you know, I just had the moment feeling the end of the, of the, the labyrinth or spiral, whatever we were calling it, feeling that energy and then like walking through the woods and finding you all starting this ritual. You know, you're walking on the path with the drum. Everyone's quiet and they're all, you know, they're stoic and they're, they're getting into the mode. Like it was, that was another beautiful moment. Um, this this converging of the power that I felt and then the power that you were bringing into it. Ian should have been there. I don't know why he wasn't there, but he should have been there. It was a beautiful moment. And you and I, you and I need more beautiful moments, Ian. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny how like it kind of ties in with like, with I'm going to tie it into magic in a a way here. Um, You know, you have these exchanges and, you know, this exchange and receiving of, of different energies around, like from the people around you, especially those I feel like that are, are more, connected to magic as a whole um yeah because i mean you know when we were out in in the cabin with you out in west virginia you know you said that there was you know you had seen deer almost every day and then we get out there and then the energies that we brought you know we saw that one young deer that one morning and that was it and then you know we did a couple of offerings and stuff and, you know, kind of let, we're really opening ourselves up to a lot of things. And then, you know, there's, there's things in those woods watching us, you know, there's fey beings that we could, you know, either AC or we could just feel. I mean, it was the whole thing just kind of shifted as far as those energies go. And then, yeah, the stuff at, at Kentucky was a whole nother, you know, experience after that. Yeah. And every, every gathering or, you know, time that I've met, met other pagans, the energy is also very different and it's, <sighs> I don't want to say that I feed off of everyone's energy because that makes me makes me sound like more of a vampire than I want to come off as. But like I wear fangs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not wearing them right now. I've made sure not to put you them. Off the energy but no, I right like you. Me, you just spent me, months yeah. feeding. You don't need to wear them. Well, thank you. But yeah, I, I kind of did spend the last couple months feeding because every interaction that I had with someone was a magical experience in and of itself because everyone has a different energy and you know to be able to to be able to not only acknowledge those energies but to recognize them like that's it's that's power you know if i if i wanted to tonight i could just sit down and i can meditate and i could i could sit right next to ian like i i would recognize his energy i'd know how to find it out there in the cosmos um and you know as far as stuff goes that's about as for me as being able to to you know miles with my, my mind and you know the people that i care about the people i love and, and interact with them whether you know whether it's real or not it's real in my mind like i don't know if ian feels the same way and he could recognize my energy but i like i'm looking at jacob i could recognize his I'm looking at caleb i can recognize his like it's it's magic guys it's so cool i wish everyone could like honestly get in my brain because i'm terrible at explaining all this but every bit of my world is magic because that's the that's the reality that i want i don't know if i can feel your magic or hear your diesel truck but i feel like i always know when you're about to arrive at a gathering 
if you can, if you can't feel my energy, you can definitely hear my truck. Uh, there's just, I'm sorry, I can't do anything about it. It's a big, big monster truck. Did anyone know that I had a monster truck? I always know whenever Eric arrives because he always jumps on me. <laughs> I'm just a big, burly, homeless man that just jumps on you every time I see you. But I, like, it, I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. I could definitely like it. That's a good point because, you know, I could, yeah, I could, I could pick out the three of your energies if I came across it, if I was, if I was meditating and it, yeah, especially people that I feel like you have either a, like, I mean, Eric, you and I finally met for the first time over that, you know, in West Virginia, but I feel like we connected in a way so quickly that, you know, even over the, ended up being like the week that we were around each other, um, that, yeah, I, I, we connected very quickly and very easily that I could easily pick you out. And that's the thing. I feel like there's, there's definitely people that I could pick out from a crowd. You know, if you were to put somebody, you know, people in a bunch of people that I knew and a bunch of people that I didn't know in, in a room and everybody was basically had like burlap sacks that were, you know, over them or something like that. Like they were basically covered. I don't know. In a way they were covered. This is getting really weird real quick, Ian. Yeah. Okay. Basically if you put everybody, you can take that out, take them. If you were to put a no, no, I'm not people. taking that out. Okay, so are we like hanging from chains or like, oh uh, like God, are we in a no. basement? Like, describe oh the environment you're, we are standing in. Are we in a basement? Are we in a well lit room? Like, uh, what is your dark fantasy of all this and burlap uh, sex like? Boy, yeah, that was well, it starts with a cabin in West Virginia. And I'm- <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, yeah, you could you could take you know the visual aspect of people that I know and people that I didn't know that I have never met before, and take away that that sensory um you know uh, connection and attention that i would have to people and um i would for the most part be able to pick out people based off of just the energies that were radiating off of them very easily i feel like that's what i'm trying to get across not to- and that is magic and then the podcast ended now <laughs> that is magic cuts <laughs> um but actually that is uh, uh, we're actually uh closing in on an hour um actually we are over an hour now according to my phone um so let's uh i, I do want to do one more round of us all if we have any last minute advice for anyone getting into magic for the first time um before i close out this uh, this episode baker's already losing his mind over there i don't even know what's happening um <laughs> um but I'll just go ahead and start with myself. Um, just simply, this podcast is a great example of magic is it's so many different things. Um, you really can't label it down. Um, I can tell you one thing. It's definitely probably not shooting fireballs out of your hand and lightning bolts out of your fingers. Uh, you know, we see magic in video games and in fantasy. I mean, honestly, like Lord of the Rings does a relatively good job because it doesn't necessarily show magic as like hurling fireballs from your hands and things like that it shows really just like you know gandalf and saruman and things like that interacting with nature and the natural elements around them and using them to their you know in their own way um obviously it's not really like that but it it is closer to that in a way Uh, magic is a lot of things it's complicated we don't have a single source of information that proves it one way or another it's very personal um but the thing that's really awesome about it which hopefully you've learned from this podcast is that when you take your own personal magic and you interact it with others, you're going to learn so much more and definitely prove to yourself that it is very real. And that's my whole way of living life these days is to just interact with as many folks as I can, not just Norse pagans. Like there's other religions that sort of acknowledge this energy and they're, you know, it's picking up on them is just the same. Um, As far as, you know, final words on magic, Number one, I'll never have final words on anything because I'm going to constantly be changing my mind and figuring things out. 
but just always remember it, you know, be safe with your, with what you're doing, do research beforehand and just be mindful of if you're going to, don't just pick and choose things from other cultures because they look cool. That's where we start getting a bad rap as people that practice magic or, or spirituality is when we start cherry picking things. So take your time with stuff. I'm not saying you can't cherry pick stuff. I'm saying, take your time with stuff. The reason that I can wear, you know, I wear prayer beads, you know, I, I, I practice and I study, you know, Buddhist meditation. I'm reading about the chakras. I'm honoring this necklace that I'm wearing by being very mindful of what it represents. And that's one thing that a lot that everyone has to realize is all of the stuff that we're doing, someone else has been doing it longer. And when we disrespect the process itself, we're not only disrespecting the process and ourselves, but we're disrespecting everyone that has practiced this beforehand. So always be very mindful of what you're doing because it could it could have adverse effects and you just in this day and age like i'm not one of those people that's like oh you can't offend anyone but i am one of those people that's like you shouldn't have to offend anyone with anything that you do just live your life respectfully and do everything with a certain level of respect and you know you, you can really do no wrong if you do it that way i say so my last little parting words it's, it's you know something that we talk about quite a bit is you know, with things like magic, you, you can't have that single track mind on a lot of these things and focus primarily on a particular region because not, you know, especially with Norse pagan um, magic and stuff like that, you, there's not a whole lot. So don't be afraid to, to branch out and look at other things like Celtic or Ultramanic or Sami or Hindu, Buddhist, you know, there's so many different things that are, you know, even with Native American spirituality, you know, there's so many things that are similar and that can can basically answer each other by bouncing off different ideas and things like that. So I would definitely say, you know, as a big piece of advice is don't be afraid to step out of that, that, that mindset of, you know, like, oh, I'm Norse pagan, so I have to only focus on Scandinavian or Northern magics, like definitely branch out and learn things that, you know, other cultures have done because it's all similar in some way or another. Yeah, if you truly believe that Midgard is was created by the by Odin and all that, like if you truly believe that, then that means every single one of us is related somehow. So it's like you wouldn't want to disrespect your brother or sister. We're all essentially brothers and sisters. So don't just like just just be nice to your brother and sister. Come on, don't make me turn the car around. Just go into it with an open mind. Just be receptive. Um, you know, try to open you know open yourself so you can try to feel the things. Because I've like. I never look. I never tried to look into it or went to look for it. It just kind of happened for me, and I like the only way I can kind of describe it is just I don't know. Just you get like just feeling movement like through my body. It was a very odd thing. It's the only way I can describe it. It's like you feel water flow through something. Um, the only thing I can really just say is just keep an open mind and just explore. You know, like Jacob said earlier, the worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work for most. You know probably for most of it. And then the best thing that happens is that it does work. As long as you don't go diving off the deep end too early. <laughs> um, that's where I, that's where I live my life though. <laughs> you know, unless you're Eric and then you just do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, gentlemen, let's go ahead and start closing out this episode 30 of the folk podcast. Eric, this time is yours. Where can people find you so they can hear those rants on Instagram stories? Um, yeah, I pretty much only do Instagram these days. Um, Eric doesn't have IG, I believe is my name. Uh, I'm in a few of, of the wisdom of Odin posts. Just look for me. I'm the guy that wears a cloak and sometimes has on eye makeup and is usually looking pretty weird. Um, 
I still didn't I, realize I that that one picture I posted of you since the last. Yeah, I didn't realize that last picture of you with like the group picture. You were just holding that deer leg. I, I swear I thought it was a cigar for the longest time. Oh yeah, I'm, and I, Dude, that's why I kept saying it was metalist fuck. And I hope that that's, <laughs> that's I hope that continues to be me throughout the years. Like, oh god, is that guy holding a piece of like rotting deer carcass? Yeah, that's Eric. He does that every get. He finds a piece of rotting meat and hangs out with it the whole time. I still have a beef heart from the first gathering that I went to. That's encased in salt, so it's preserved. I have the deer leg. Uh, this last one, we found all those antlers. Like, I'm always going to be that weird guy with an animal part on him. Walking into so the if you're interested in that bone necklace. Thing, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I have been getting some looks. I tell you what. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, that's, that's my reality. I'm, I'm putting my magic out into the world by just being myself, being true to myself. And that is just a really weird guy, I must say. It's a good life that I live. And if more people, you know, live the life, not like mine, but similar enough to mine i think we'd all be doing all right um that's all i got i it's been an honor to be back i hope i'm back on episode 50 that'd be all right now eric you know you're weird but we love you and that's why they like having you around because you never know what's going to happen um but gentlemen let's end this episode of the folk podcast um thank you once again to our listeners for listening to episode 30 of the folk podcast hopefully we're around for episode 50 when eric has a beard down to his kneecaps but if you are interested please make sure you're following the wisdom of odin make sure you're subscribed to whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and if you want to be on the folk podcast, your opportunity does exist, but you have to email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com, all lowercase. And if you have a topic you would like us to discuss, please email it there as well, because we're, you know, we can only come up with so much. And if you give us any information, we'd be like, yes, finally, we can talk about something else. But thank you so much for listening. And until the hall, skull. Skull. Skull.